So Kyle, this week's episode brings us a film that was shot in Philadelphia. Ugh. What's wrong? Come on, you know what. Oh yeah, not a fan of Philadelphia. But no. Come, come no. on, some great movies were filmed in Philadelphia, you can't deny that. Like the Rocky films, The Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, like yeah. the Tom Hanks Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Mannequin, Andrew McCarthy's Mannequin, that's a masterpiece. Alright, well just get me a cheesesteak and we'll get through this. Fine by me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rain! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's okay, thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hi again, and welcome to this week's edition to the P.S. I Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. As always, I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. We're, we're actually not always home, because today we're in the home. Oh. Well, I guess we're a home, but the home of Michael hey. Manzi. We're in my home. Hi, guys. Ooh, our second guest, and he is the, and we had Joey last week. Oh, look at that. So you, yeah, it's, it's our second week in a row with a guest, and we're, you know, we're super excited. Uh, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> Good. Kyle's just kind of staring at me. <laughs> tell me, yeah. tell me, tell me welcome, facts. Welcome to, uh, this is, this is uh, the Cage Club uh, studio's sister location. Usually we do all the live annex. stuff at yeah, we do a lot of live stuff at, at Joey's place. But the here we are today. Michael Manzi. And you've now had the two co-founders of the network on within two shows. So yeah, there you go. That's that's the way you got to do it, right? That's how you break them in. We were con- contractually obligated to do that, guys. They were so, you know, we, we we really didn't want to have these guys on, but. That's okay. It's one of our minimum yeah. requirements. Michael if you're Manzi. Start a show. Michael Manzi being uh, the Italian he is muscled us. That's know. right. Yeah. <laughs> so what, did you have did you, did you have a like a bonding moment with this film? Because there's a mob element. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, totally. Um, it made me think of The Godfather and how much better a film The Godfather is than this. <laughs> so uh, before we get into anything, um, we just like to kind of. Yeah, just okay. jive with our oh, host. Okay. Yeah. If, if you're okay with that, we yeah, can... yeah. This is kind of a new setup for me too because yeah. I'm, I'm a guest, but it's also in person. So, <laughs> so um, uh, what do you want to know? Well, okay, so I mean, well, Joey kind of like let us know about the Cage Club last week, but just give us a, like a little brief introduction. What made you get yeah, into podcast? Oh, yeah. one of these. Okay, yeah. um, I'd been listening to just podcasts, you know, for like a decade, right? Like since. 2005 and stuff, um, but mostly movie podcasts, and at some point in the spring of 2015, Joey was going to watch every Nick Cage movie and blog about it, and I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> well, not a, maybe not a good idea, but it sounds like an idea that I want to do too, and so I was like, hey, like I'll do that um, with you. Like Let's write them and do a site, and then somewhere along the line someone suggested we do a podcast because Joey had done sports for starters and I've dabbled in a couple of things in the past and uh and it just happened like we just went like out of the gate like a bullet like we just watched every cage movie full throttle right away. yeah we did like three episodes a week yeah that's what Monday Wednesdays that's and Fridays crazy. it was insane <laughs> and it was and it 
kind of like coming out the other end of that yeah is was kind of uh jarring uh and then we went into the keanu stuff and friends that we've had as guests wanted to start shows so the network just started expanding and roughly like a year ago we like tried to make it official like podcast network where cool there's like a banner and all these other yeah. shows and then you guys and sold like out when you let us on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> right no no but like this is a thing that i feel <laughs> felt like especially you because i mean i know you better than joey it's something that i feel like you were doing anyway except just not talking about <laughs> yeah. it because i remember a couple of years ago when you were watching all the woody allen films and we would just mm-hmm. talk about that yeah yeah that right i think that's why i when Joey was going to watch all the Cage movies, I was like, oh, this is sort of already in my mind. Like, I'm doing this already with certain things like yeah. Woody Allen. Like, I went and I watched all those. I went and watched all the James Bond movies. Just, oh, yeah, on, yeah. just on my own, too, right? Like, just as a film fan, just well, to see, like, the career go, arc. You go and see a movie a week, if not two. Yeah. That's more... Yep. You got me beat. Well, I've got the time at the moment. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone, well, everyone, every, everyone, what's, everyone can check uh, Mike Manzi out on his Instagram. He posts his ticket stubs every mm-hmm. week. What's your Instagram yeah. name for, um, for the folks out there? I think it's there. the Mikester. I think it's the same as my Twitter, okay. which I've said like a hundred times on this show. All right. um, not this show. I yeah. haven't said it. <laughs> well, now it's on this show. Because well, yeah. now we have like the network Twitter, which took like over two years to do. Because <laughs> just Joey and I just... I've been doing the bare minimum because it's all just spare time, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's all for free and everything, so we're just cool. doing it for fun. Yeah, thank you. I mean, thank you for bestowing it on the world. And again, yeah. yeah, now we've got, like, a little army. Yeah, exactly. We've got, like, someone <laughs> running the Twitter. We've got you guys doing your own show. Like, we're completely uninvolved in your stuff. We've got, like, the now and again thing, which Joey and I are just totally uninvolved, you know? Yeah. So it's good to have content that we don't have to... Um, put in the work towards like, <laughs> we could do our thing and have this stuff too so we asked Joey last week and we'll ask you this week uh, Cage started it all favorite Cage films oh no um, adaptation is definitely one that comes right out because you get because yeah. there's two cages for the price of one yeah. yeah and it's a Spike Jones film and a Kaufman film I mean it's got everything going for it Meryl Streep you know she might be overrated for some people but not for me uh, <laughs> wow. Gary Cooper, Chris Cooper, Gary Chris Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Gary he Cooper. Was, wow. He was dancing throughout well, all of one it. One of my favorite alligators. <laughs> one of my favorite lines in film that you that you keep reminding me of, "Fuckfish." Yeah, which is just like a brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Line. I always remind you of it. <laughs> well, I just use that for yeah. Ter- like whenever I get tired of something that I've really been into for a long time, and just like I say, "Fuckfish" about I it. Met, <laughs> I met I, I met him when I was working on a movie, and I yelled that to him. Yes, that's I, that, I love that. I love that story. <laughs> uh, but other favorite Cage stuff, like, ah, oh, man, this is, you've got me in a box. I like the new the new one he did where, um, um, was that Army of One? I think that was called Army of One. Oh, the, yeah, that him where and he goes, Russell Brand. Yeah, where he goes to Afghanistan or he goes to Pakistan to try and get Osama bin Laden. That's, that's based a, off of a true story, right? Yeah. Just like this film. This film. Uh... I know. I can't believe this is based on true events. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> well, it's so unremarkable. Maybe I can. <laughs> like, uh, and I definitely like the cage schlock, too. I like drive angry stuff and uh, Wicker Man. But definitely, like, his, his, my, his strongest still, I believe, are, like, his earliest stuff and then, like, that stuff the action trilogy like yeah. those three movies oh yeah you know, three were always in my top five yeah of, not just of all and then in the, definitely in the 90s yeah and then earlier stuff Raising Arizona and Moonstruck yeah. so yeah, he's got so many I'm a Moonstruck yeah. guy yeah 
Yeah. Just, I lost my head. I always, <laughs> I always just lean toward his early work. Still, you know, yeah, it just well, feels like better. he came out <laughs> so strong. Like he hit, mm-hmm. he hit hard when he when he arrived, and you know, he's just connected, sort of trying connected to... Italian man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he had he had one or two connections. <laughs> so, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. What was the first film, if you can remember? That, or at least first like memorable performance yeah. of his, and then what is your favorite film or performance? Okay, so I actually have answers to this. I kind of thought you'd a- you'd ask something yeah. like this. So okay, ah. so definitely the the first time he stood out to me was in Twister. Yeah, a lot. I didn't that. know anything about him or who he was, but I was like, this guy is different. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like. First of all, he's just like a great character. He's so fun, and he's you know they're storm chasers, and he's like a wacky guy and stuff. But I was just like, there's something about him that like I couldn't like put my finger on. But you're just drawn to him. Like he draws yeah. your attention, you know. So he's first, just like, like that goofy yeah. guy that you're like, I want to work with him. You know? Yeah, we're just like I want to see him in more stuff. Sure. Like, what oh, else? Yeah. Like I was kind of like, I mean, I, I wasn't at the age where I was like gonna research who this obscure, you know, actor was in this huge, you know, yeah. Helen Hunt also, movie. Also, yeah, early days of the internet, too. It yeah. Would that, take you probably two hours. To yeah, and it was, like, <laughs> just a giant pile. The, the special effects were more or less the star of, of Twister. Yeah, definitely. It was one of those types of films. But um, but it's definitely, like, okay, like, um, I've never seen this guy before, but I like this guy. Yeah. And then what really... Uh, what I really took notice was definitely Boogie Nights. Yes. Boogie oh, yeah. Nights, you in, know, yeah. from... In my top all, five favorite films of all time. Yeah, and not like, my such a, like, in a sea of great performances, maybe, like, the top one or two in that entire movie, there's, like, him and Burt Reynolds, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> for me, and then oh, everyone else. Is, everyone, and then, yeah. and then Riley. Yeah, you and, got Mark Wahlberg, and he's just, like, talking quietly. Wahlberg's good, he's you know? Good. Like, that. That's tough, but he's not really playing. As, I don't feel like he's stretching as much. If he, no. he, he feels more typecast <laughs> yeah. as like a hunky porno dude, you know, because yeah. he was Marky Mark with yeah. the underwear. With his underwear as <laughs> Calvin Klein, right? Right, and he had only really done like Fear, Fear or something, like one or two movies. So for me, I was like, okay, and, and then I was more at an age where I was already into Tarantino and other. I was going back and like I was studying film at that point, so. Okay. So I was at a place where I was like, okay, who's this guy? Find his name and, like, follow and then, this guy. Yeah, follow him and see whatever he's yeah. been in or what he's going to be in from now on. Yeah, and then so, like, a Big Lebowski. I was like, oh, he's the guy from the Big Lebowski. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This, Those and, like, the same time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so that, I started really definitely. placing him in things and realizing who he was. And, yeah, then, like, that, the that, that's, that's what's Ripley. great about Hoffman, right? Like, you see him in something. Almost everyone tells us this. Yeah. Like, you see him in something, and then you're like, oh, yeah, he was in that? Or yeah. Like, oh, that's so cool that he was this guy. Yeah, he definitely starts, you know, I mean, stands out in more ways than one. But, um... Yeah, like, in, um... Like, since you guys started doing this, I went back, and I've been trying to watch the movies that you've done so far, yeah. you know? And I've watched, well, we like... appreciate that, thing. Yeah, you. like, my boyfriend's back. Okay. Like, he's amazing in that as, like, the toady, right? Like, the yeah. second... <laughs> like, he's, like, the henchman to the cool kid. Uh, and, and, like, he's, like, a character actor. almost. like, and, and then in, um... Son of a woman, right? He plays like a Gatsby, like he's a rich prick yeah. kid, like okay. an, like an, an, an entitled kid, yeah. kind of guy, uh, privileged. Um, so like it seems like he can do these all these different types. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like a, he's very versatile. I uh, I'll let you borrow Joey Breaker on VHS, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a toughie. So 
Favorite, uh, though. Should I answer that? I don't think I answered my favorite. I was just going to say. Oh, okay. I'm okay. sorry. I thought that was Boogie Nights. Oh, no. That's just when I, I like, was it was like, like a one, two with Twister guy. Boogie Nights. Okay. Yeah, but favorite is going to have to be the master. I just I just can love... We, can we high five? You just high five. Very I, mean, happy. I know that's yeah. not a very popular opinion. I know that movie... <sighs> we were just discussing it earlier. Really, yeah. uh, but that might even be my favorite um, P.T. Anderson movie. I think so. It's honest. It's just like something between him and Joaquin. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. And that was like the revival of Joaquin too, in a way. Yeah. Like no, because rap he, what did he do? Yeah. Uh, what's the movie? Oh, Casey I'm not. Affleck I'm one. still here. I'm still which here. Which is which is interesting. Which is directed by Casey Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. His, his brother-in-law. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of weird. Uh, yeah. But he got a lot of shit for that, you know. And then yeah. PG yeah, but I don't know that. if everyone anyone saw it because if you see it, I don't. I think you could take back a lot of bad things we say about it it really cast oh, it's him. awesome i love yeah, it yeah it cast him in like like his like sort of his also, persona while he was filming it is yeah. so different than his persona in the movie well, also he's but he's he's playing a character in that it was yeah. a mockumentary like it ended right. up obviously not being true he tried he tried to pull a whole andy kaufman Th- thing that's the thing is he fooled letterman and everybody got mad at yeah yeah exactly yeah it's like but um but this film Okay. Yeah, so I mean, we should mention that uh, Money for Nothing. Yeah, is a film. so this week <laughs> yeah. the film we are covering is called Money for Nothing. <laughs> wah, wah. Chicks for free. <laughs> that anytime I say that, that's what I think of the Dire no, Straits song. And that song isn't in this movie. No, yeah, which was kind yeah. of a bummer. Which is a common thread among Philip Seymour Hoffman films. Oh, because my boyfriend's my back. boyfriend's back. We'll later ah. see in Boogie Nights. Yeah. Money right, for Boogie. nothing, even though it's not the title of the song. But still, yeah. well, it's Boogie still Nights. Like, they couldn't get the rights because whoever sings. Uh, yeah, Boogie sure. Wonderland or whatever that is. Nah. So That's a different issues. song, though. Okay, but there is a song just called Boogie Nights? Yeah. yeah. Boogie Nights. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember. So you should drop a clip Boogie in. Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it. Yeah, okay. So it's Wonderland. Different song. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. So it must be. So it is Boogie Nights then, the song. Because I read that that band said no because they didn't want it in like a porn film. Oh, okay. And they thought, you know, I mean, it I is, sometimes it's, studios you know. like to use music that they own already, like the record labels that they have makes like, it like under Warner, their banner. Warner, yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes it easier. But I think P.T. Anderson really like went, absolutely, yeah, like you know, strong with that one and said, I want this, I want this. I want yeah, this. I don't know if the Dire Straits song. I guess it's I Want My MTV. Or is that the name of the song? I wish that was called Money for Nothing. Oh, it is called Money for Nothing. Yeah, right. I, always, I always do that. And even if it's not, like that's what everyone calls that song. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like uh, Teenage Wasteland for Baba O'Reilly. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, it, it could have kicked off this movie and set a certain mood that would have kept me happy. Because I, I just heard, just true. I heard But I did song. something I wrote down. Uh, yeah, you like the notes. soundtrack. Yeah. I, well, I liked it, but it just sends, like, it's got a very soulful, like, the money's getting counted by, like, the bank in the beginning, uh-huh. or, you know, for the bags. And it just has this very calm, you know, like, working man, soulful kind of song. And the movie ends with a, a you know, a song like that, too. Yeah, it's almost a little bluesy, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I could, I could get Philadelphia, kinda, the docks. Yeah, they really set up the industrial wasteland <laughs> yeah. and Long we're gonna, the town we're going to be living in. So had you guys seen this film before? I'm assuming not. No. I definitely have seen pictures of John Cusack with that bleach blonde hair, though. Okay, so now I, I know, had it. Now, now I know it's from. 
No, I, I, I hadn't seen that. I either. hadn't seen the movie. I never heard of this movie. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big John Cusack fan. You are a big John. I'm Cusack a fan, fan of like. We're almost, big John Cusack fans. This movie is littered with stars and future great stars. Cast. Great, great. And cast. I'm fans of like everybody in this. So and many I've films, never heard of this. So thing. many films I watch, I go like, wow, casting director on point. And we yeah. we've noticed that with a lot of Hoffman films, yeah. right? Like when he's a background character, he's usually surrounded by other background characters. So there's like. I don't know. We we should actually look into who these casting directors are yeah. because they're pretty on point. Hmm. Yeah. So I always do this uh, just to see. Like this film didn't have enough critical response on Rotten Tomatoes to like really? Re- register. Really. Um, it huh. did have an audience score of thirty four percent. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, I seems liked... about right. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> well, I, I I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. This we. Was, I think we have different gentlemen, opinions. Here, yeah. Which I like. Okay. I like. A I like conflict. The, yeah. Conflict, yeah. A little Ooh. conflict. A little bit. I of didn't debate. hate it. I mean. I... It struggles. Um, I feel like it's a con- it's a mo- it's a conflicted movie. It does not sure how what tone to strike exactly. Well, how about we let these folks know what this movie's about? Yeah, good so, idea. So Kyle, let us know. Okay. <coughs> <coughs> Reference Phil <Phil's> often. Uh, <laughs> Man likes to laugh at his own jokes a lot. I do. <laughs> When unemployed dock worker Joey Coyle, played by John Cusack, finds $1.2 million that literally fell off a truck, things get complicated. Between a detective on his trail, the enlistment of the mob, the loud mouths of locals, and Joey not being the slyest guy, the stakes get high in money for nothing. Money for nothing. And again, as we mentioned before, based on a true story. Based on a true story. Big question for you guys. Did it need to be? Did it like? Couldn't you make a movie that like the main character's name isn't Joey Coyle? Like the the well, Departed. Of course, yeah. You like, know what I'm saying? I've seen this movie like a hundred times. Yeah, before that's the yeah. And it's and if you, I think so I'm just saying it's just, it, there's not enough importance of this guy in real life that you need to have his name. No, absolutely not. But I think that it, it lends a certain like feel to it, being like, well. Why did he make certain decisions? Why is he this way? Why, if like if it's based on true events, then you can kind of say, oh well, that's why he's so stupid, or that's why he sure. gets stu- like that kind you of. You know, they always lean that way too. If they can, if there's a shred of like yeah. truth, they're always yeah. gonna say based on a true yeah, story because like the Conjuring funny. movies. You know, okay, yeah, based, they're but always more, but that, that, yeah, <laughs> but that's still like more interesting, obviously. Yeah, and that makes it. And since it's well, no, but it's no, but since it's scary, that also helps like the audience believe and invest themselves more into a horror franchise. But you got to you got to realize it happened in the world. Like you no got to see when this movie came out. It's you know this is like pre-internet. You would just watch the news and stuff at right. five o'clock. And this is like this yeah. would this news story might grab people and they might especially like yeah sure. Well, in nineteen ninety three yeah. when this came out, the real Joey Coyle killed himself. Yeah, no kidding. Spoiler yeah. alert. No, what? no Wait, when the film what? came out. <laughs> Well, again, this is this is what I was just gonna. This, Wait, I'm trying to like mind blown. Process. This is yeah, what I was gonna bit. mention. This yeah. is, it's based on a true story, but it's not like it doesn't stay true. Like there was no female character. As they no, add no, I've got a couple major. of trivia facts um, here. So yeah, I mean, mind blown here. Yep. Well, he actually had a big drug problem, and then he yeah. was. It okay. Was like, okay. I would look this up. He was. It, about to go to prison. I kind of got the sense his character was supposed to be kind of like a junkie, but they never really pushed it that direct. Because well, yeah. they're trying your to keep it. Was correct. They're trying to keep <laughs> this for some reason 
light and family friendly at times. <laughs> Although, like, well, I wrote, I, I wrote down, but like, I, I, I wrote, oh yeah, this movie's R when all of a sudden she's like on top of him. Right, naked girls yeah. in this movie and, and uh, like gunplay and uh, like cursing and all yeah. this stuff. And yet there's these goofy moments where he's falling through the attic ceiling. Cause that happened in that, real life. Well, that yeah, okay. Well, that's the only reason it's in this movie is because they're, <laughs> they're keeping tight to, you know, factual At times. But it wasn't his brother's yeah. house. It wasn't Tony Soprano's house. We'll see. Now Gandolfini looking slim and trim in this. Yeah, it's a young role of his. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first. we were talking about the cast here, so let's let's just go over this, right? Okay. Like, Okay, Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Rappaport. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Rappaport. Michael Madsen, probably right after Mr. Blonde, because he looks exactly like Mr. Blonde. <laughs> yeah. Um, Best performance of the movie, Benicio Del Toro. Benny DT. Benicio Del Toro, yeah. <laughs> Benny DT. Dude, the he collector. Great. BDT. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I, 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 don't, I, do not, I do not know his name by memory, but uh, Maury Chaikin. Okay. Well, that was a lot. I mean, Maury that's Chaykin. a big yeah, yeah, cast, yeah. you know. And then obviously, and Debbie Mazur was the girl, right? Yeah, yeah. Philip Seymour, anyway. and then obviously and then Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah, Hoffman. And then, yeah. How could we forget? All right, it's, <laughs> this is pretty interesting. We've got two very famous fictional mobsters in the film: Tony Soprano and Mr. Blonde. Both of them playing good guys in this film. Oh yeah, it is. like very by the books. I could not buy Madsen as a good guy in this movie whatsoever. <laughs> he just because yeah. he, he just looks like a. Criminal. Yeah, I thought he was gonna go off the yeah, rails thought, at some point. I thought he was know? just gonna go and be like Joey. Let's split the money. Yeah, really. He needed like glasses and like a trench coat or something. He's a very astute detective, though. I do like the way that they show like he's, yeah, a, he's a good cop. Yeah, he's a good like he goes in that truck right away and kicks open. So okay, well, so the money falls off, and I made the little joke of it actually falls off of the truck. A little like you know mob people are always like, oh, it fell oh, off the right, truck. Yeah, it fell off so the this truck. literally falls off of a you know armored truck. an armored truck. truck because oh that of a guy was the, the driving the truck. Yeah, uh, he's been in things. Frankie Faison, I think his name is. Okay. Yeah, so he, did you catch that the where the money was headed? So the yeah. money that oh fell, Atlantic City, oh the right? Trump Taj Mahal, the Trump, yeah, yeah. 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 So they're screwing Trump. Yeah, they're screwing Trump, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I'm assuming most of you out there are not Trump fans. <laughs> eh, well, you never know. Actually, you should assume most are because he is president. Wow. At least most electoral <laughs> voters are. <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but in this film. Uh, Trump gets screwed over. That was that for was a little very bit. Tiny. For a little, yeah. Not yeah. really. He's insured. He's it's a, more of the small business. Yeah. But it's a total name drop to be like he is the one percent and John Cusack is the ninety nine. Yeah. Before those terms were really yeah going around a lot. But it's just a short. It's a shortcut from writing to be like steal from Trump. Yeah. So we got uh, Gandolfini. He's like in charge of like the docs. I guess he's like a mm-hmm. manager. Yeah, they're longshoremen. Yeah, he's like a foreman. Yeah, also yeah. Hoffman right off the man. bat. Hoffman, yeah, he's there. Yeah, like one of the first people you see. Yeah, which is great. Got his yeah. gr- nice. Got must- my hopes up really high. Got his nice mustache. <laughs> his mustache. He kind of looked a little more like he was gonna go out on the boat with Clooney in that Perfect Storm movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like he looked yeah. a little more the maybe Boston ducks. or something. But he, I bought him immediately. He looked really old to me too. Yeah, he like he was in and, his and late we've 30s. discussed it. He kind of in this part of his. Uh, career he's transitioning between like high school kid and like adult yeah like, yeah like male you know like family he, man the, yeah call, yeah yeah like blue collar family man and it's like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird then he goes back dynamic yeah eventually in like talented miss ripley then he becomes young again i guess kind of yeah no it's i mean he's a chameleon like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works because no he does have a he does have a baby face before like later on in his career when he starts putting on some weight and so stuff yeah, like skinny, that skinny gandolfini philip skinny philip Seymour hoffman mm-hmm. With the mustache. 
Skinny Urban Isil Dottorio. Yeah. He looks really young. This is, must have been right Cusack after Bond. Cusack still young in this movie. Bond and this isn't first... that crazy long. When did, uh, when's High Fidelity? 2000? I guess it's still like seven years away, right? Yeah, yeah but, yeah. but, um, Gross Point Blank is only in 97. Yeah. So, like. No, he looks, he looks young in this movie, Cusack still. Yeah, he still looks, but I mean, this is probably near Bullets really Over Broadway, young. right? Yeah, yeah, I think it was time. the same year. Okay, yeah, okay. He kind of right. I think '97's his year with Gross Point and Con Air, and then in mm. 2000 is like High Fidelity or 2001, and then it kind, you kind of never hear from him again for <laughs> in the leading man role at least. Oh, like he's 2012. Well, yeah, well that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's our next podcast. We're on Emmerich films. Um, <laughs> I'll be on the Godzilla but, one. <laughs> okay, but there we go. Uh, but I have to say. Benicio del Toro, I mean, yeah, stole at least obviously every Dude. scene he's in. But for me, like, is the is like the standout performance. Now, now, now he plays an Italian guy. Now yeah. he's like a Mexican or Mexican, or is he Puerto Rican? I think he's Puerto Rican actually. Benicio del Toro. You're of the yeah. Latin culture. You should know. Yeah, I should know. <laughs> I'm not sure. People. <laughs> I know he's not Italian. Yeah, but then uh, I guess so. When's the uh, Usual Suspects? Because then he plays a mobster in that film too. True, true. That's in a couple of years. And then, like, uh, 96 is Way of the Gun. Not that he's a mobster, but he's in that. Well, whatever he was, I didn't... I wasn't trying to target, like, his ethnicity. I was just like, he's... He's awesome. No, when I, he first I, shows up, I was like, he looks like an intimidating mob dude. I'm like, here's our bad guy, right? Yeah. But he turns out to be, like, this the idiot. Puts, like, yeah, 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 he yeah, nice guy, almost. He's like, kind... He, no, he's kind, well, he's kind of Joey's equivalent in just, like, that world of the mob. And then yeah. his boss, again, played by... Uh, Maury Chaikin. He's yeah. smart. I love his little things. Yeah. And Joey gets so frustrated because jo- Joey is not the brightest bulb in the no, bunch. No, no. Yeah. He yeah, wants yeah. to like become rich fast. He's he's mad at his brother. Doesn't understand like that his brother doesn't hire him every day on the docks. But his brother like you know says J- Gandolfini's. Uh, Gandolfini says to him right away, you know, like, that guy's got a wife and kids. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give work to but him. I, definitely, though, like, Benicio stands out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I feel like this director, uh, Ramon Menendez, mm-hmm. um, we'll get well, it to him. He favors the Latinos? Is that what you're No, I, I feel like he's like, I got to have, I got to have, just like uh, me being Latino as well, he's like, you got to have one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. But in all seriousness, he did stand and deliver before this. This is like oh, his only that. other film. I yeah. love that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very yeah. strong. Oh, no, he has another, he did a, what's, Gotta Kick It Up. So he only, he only did three films, oh, this guy. Okay. So he all did right. Stand and Deliver, which is like a critically acclaimed film. Yeah. That's he did Edmonds, this. Right? Yeah, with like almost yeah, yeah, Diamond yeah. Phillips. He yeah. did this, which was bombed. And then yeah. the next film he did was like in the, Early 2000s, which is a Disney Channel original movie. Oh, Gotta okay. got kick it up. A film okay. about like yeah. Latina cheerleaders. Oh, okay. So, okay. I get you. He's like the proto Rod- uh, Robert Rodriguez. In yeah, the- I yeah, guess. I don't know. Like, he should have ended up doing that uh, movie that came out recently with like Kevin Costner and like the Latino track kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this, yeah. The Disney film. McFarlane, McFar- USA. Yeah, McFarlane, yeah. USA. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, I stand and deliver. Like, again, this is like a critically acclaimed film. And then. Yeah, it gets I, an yeah. Oscar nomination. This is like a. His sophomore slump, I guess, or I don't know, yes. but it's not. I know you that, liked it more, but, see, but yeah, I don't. I, I don't think yeah. he voluntarily didn't want to do anything after this. No, I don't know. I just feel like this movie got away from him here and there. You know, like Benicio del Toro is a great example. Like when we should back up a little bit, but like Cusack finds the money that falls off the truck, and, and he's trying to launder the money. And so, like, Benicio Del Toro's the guy that yeah. helps him. Well, first he tries to go to his girlfriend, Monica, right? He tries she's to go to his banker. girlfriend who's an act, works at an actual... She just, like, works at a bank, and he just... Yeah, <laughs> and he just thinks he can she, bring in she, money. Yeah. She says yeah. she makes, like, three fifty a week, and I know that's, like, uh, 
93 money. 93 but, money, like, but like, yeah, that's, that's still just, not like big time. Like, yeah. But, but to him, it's like, from. oh, you got a bit. You know, so yeah. then where does he go next? He goes to the local bar. Yeah, and and <laughs> I guess because like Benicio Del Toro is like a crappy bookie. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the whole thing. He's like, I could trust this guy because he's a bookie and stuff. But but those my point is like those scenes yeah. with Del Toro and exchanging the money, like there's a real good rhythm to that that's funny yeah. and like poppy and I feel like that's the movie I wanted yeah. to see the whole movie yeah. he's got a couple of great silly lines and Cusack being a little more goofy yeah. but the rest of the movie feels way too serious well he's got some really fun lines with him so obviously again he knows he's this bookie and he's throwing some good compliments in uh, his way because he needs to well number again Joey is not smart. Love that we did two films in a row, by the way, with lead character Joey. Joey. <laughs> Joey Breaker and then no, no, Joey. Well, they're not in a row. It's just that we did Joey Lewandowski last week. So we had Joey Breaker, Joey Lewandowski. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Sorry. Joey here. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of jo- a lot of Joey's in the house. But, um, yeah, so, again, not the brightest bulb in the bunch. Like, some of the first things he does is, like, going, he's giving, ho- like, nice things. But money to homeless people... Uh, yeah, and well, then not turning to... the money in in the first place is like he's an idiot. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Rappaport, yeah, Rappaport's like, character. I was uh, with you, but I didn't see anything. Like he's the smart one, so and he yeah, ends up being very that. pivotal in yeah. terms of just his. Yeah, he, he's he's a straight arrow. Or at least he tries to be in this in this blue collar world. Yeah, but he gets to the bar and he's asked the bartender how much would it cost to buy everyone a drink. It's like three or four hundred dollars. Yeah, and then he's just totally getting the attention. One of them being. Uh, Phillips and Hoffman because he owes him yes. like 10 bucks or 15 bucks and he gives him money right okay. away. But he throws the line to Benicio Del Toro saying like, oh, I want it, uh, uh, you know, want it on like gambling with him. And he has this great line. He's, uh, someone says, oh, what did what did Joey bet on? Like saying it to Benicio Del Toro's character's name is Dino. He's like, oh, D- Dino, what did you win on? It was like, oh, it wasn't a b-ball game. It was on the ponies. Hey, wild game! Hey, Pony. Yeah. yeah, he sounds incredible. Like he's he's just there's yeah. no one that talks like Del Toro. He goes <laughs> and I love this line. I know mooks my whole life that have tried to pop an ar- armored car. Like just I love it. Yeah. Piece of cake. Do <laughs> <laughs> you mention Hoffman at the bar? Yeah. Let's talk about him for a minute since we get more of them. Like of course. we got him early in the beginning when they're picking guys for work, and yeah, my just, I was so pumped because I thought he was gonna be yeah like part like of part of the inter- crew integral. Crew. Like I actually yeah. thought it was gonna be like him, Rappaport, and Cusack find the money or something. Yeah, like him and Cusack like find these the young money. guys making these decisions, and they each kind of like good fellows when he gets all upset and people yeah. like buy it, like the wrong but, things and stuff like that. But then like when Cusack starts flashing the money around and and being Mr. Nice Guy and and buying drinks, um, I expected Hoffman to start to become the foil, like the the, the main bad guy. You yeah. Know? Especially since Benicio del Toro was like a bait and switch. That was a total red herring where like I thought he would be, and he turns out just to be another goof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, here's an opportunity. We're gonna get some scenes of Hoffman like investigating one or two, maybe go like to the cops or something, but. He just like gets paid off, like, <laughs> and it's so frustrating because he's playing like a really good angry dude, and he's he's yeah, just he's, like an angry working class. And it's only class. for like ten bucks. Yeah. So you really <laughs> feel in a brief amount of time like how desperate his character is, yeah. you know? So it's like, oh man, like he's got a good grasp of the situation here. I'm curious, uh, what uh, race was it that you won all your money? 
Why are you curious? Relax. What race was it? <laughs> uh, it was a 7th at Philly Park. What was the name of the horse? Nice. Dumb luck. Lindy. Yo. You got Friday's race results. I can fish it out of the garbage. Why are you busting my balls? I'm gonna pin it up. Look at this 20,000. 20, reward. I find a million too. I'm gonna give it up for 20 grand? I don't think so. What was that? The seventh race at Philly Park? Yeah. Dumb luck. That's a horse. Joe, there ain't no horse named Dumb Luck. You can't believe everything you read in the newspapers. You know that. Joe, I usually believe it when they're paying me off. I well, really wish there was more. Uh, well, a big part out. of this film is showing, like, Southie, like, South Philly, like, kind of pride. Yeah. Like, they're all happy towards the end of the film, and they're not going to turn him in. Like, Philip Sir Hoffman is, like, the only guy that's really... Yeah, and he and he eventually comes around, too, right? Because yeah. Madsen enters the bar and is like, we're looking for John Cusack, and um, Philip Seymour Hoffman has, like, one or two sort of coy, suggestive lines about, like, oh, maybe you just missed him, or something yeah. like that, right? Like, he ends up <laughs> covering he, for well, him. Well, he asks Joey, and then Joey hands him, like, a lot of cash out. Exactly. Yeah. He, he extorts him a bit. Exactly. No, right, and he's totally <laughs> complicit in it. Yeah. He's willing to abide, absolutely. Do you and like then, yeah. how they show this world? this uh, as you mentioned the south philadelphia all right world. well brian i don't know if you know this but brian definitely knows this i'm not the biggest fan i'm sorry if anyone from philadelphia is listening or becomes a fan of uh ps i love hoffman i'm not the biggest fan of philadelphia no. like i always say so you're not the biggest fan of america no i just always say the <laughs> that's three, the birthplace the three, of america the three, the three things the three things that you hate ben franklin no. philadelphia <laughs> the, the, oh i want to get the into three that. things that philadelphia <laughs> has given us is rocky Cheesesteaks and the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, like, electricity. Right. Okay, uh, the Liberty Bell. <laughs> I mean, those three things alone, though, put it in one of my top five states. I mean, Rocky alone puts it in like, one of my top five states. <laughs> Their greatest sports hero is fictional. There you Bottom go. Line. Yeah. I mean, forget. I mean, maybe not the city, but this. I mean, maybe not the entire state, but the city. Yeah. yeah. No, but the cult. So okay. So I mean, like, it, it's a fun. I love. I do love anywhere and, and respect. Or I should say, not love, but I respect any place that just has that, you know, like, culture of, like, this is our city, this is even, like, our neighborhood in the city. Like, right. you got South Boston, you got South Philly. You know what's a little interesting, and I don't know if you guys have picked this up in other films, a lot of times when they depict South Philadelphia, they have people... With Were they born and raised? That was West. That's Wasn't West, it? yeah. Oh. Ah! <laughs> Edit. Edit. <laughs> a lot... A lot of times when they uh, depict South Philadelphia or like the blue collar Philadelphia, they, they lean on a lot of like New York accents and like New York stereotypes. Because the Philly yeah. accent is the weirdest freaking thing in the world. But you you've Phone been there, phone. I've been there, and it, that's like, not the accent you hear. Yeah, yeah, I guess this is before the whole John thing too. So like you don't get that anywhere in this movie either, where everything's a John. Yeah, from Creed. From Creed. But yeah. I hear you because I actually thought when this opened up that it was Boston. I was like, all right, these guys are longshoremen. Like, you could yeah. be a longshoreman. And, and uh, you're right about the accents, too. It's like, no one's... Uh, Cusack is putting on a horrible, horrible accent throughout the whole movie, I feel. I, I, did you pick up on that? Like, well, yeah, it's a... It's he a, he it's, slips out of it a lot, He slips too. out of it a lot, but it is why like... Even, I'm saying, why bother? Even? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I mean, you have yeah. some actors in there that, like... I mean, Gandolfini, in every role I've ever seen him in, he just pretty much talks like Gandolfini. Yeah, uh, which is which is I mean he's from Jersey, so 
Everyone uh, seems to be doing themselves for the most part. Yeah, so Michael, I, well, yeah, Michael, like Michael Rappaport has that New York accent. You yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, what's her name? Debbie Mazur has that yeah. New York accent. Yeah. Madonna's just... makeup artist, originally. <laughs> really? Yeah, like, I didn't way, know. Like in the early She's yeah. great. She's I've amazing. never been particularly attracted to her, but I something her in this film made me go like, I like her. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. Uh, I, I, I do, to answer your question, Brian, like as far as like the setting and everything like that, I feel like they may have gone a little overboard in showing the destitute and the squalor a little bit. Like It <laughs> just seemed see like no one has showered for weeks in this movie. <laughs> Again, you, Philadelphia. <laughs> and you never really get a lot of how the other half lives. You know, he goes to the city and he goes to one posh bar for a scene, but it's not like it's really sort of hammered home you know, he's looking for the high life. Like, he wants to go to, like, an apartment complex on Park Ave or anything, you know? Like, those aren't... He doesn't have those aspirations, so it's hard to no, gauge... like, he keeps, like, saying he wants to, like, retire to Atlantic In City. Your, yeah, like, like, who wants to retire to Atlantic... Live. And Atlantic City's a shithole. Like, who... Yeah. Sorry, Even that, like, that's Atlantic City gonna, prime, then. And that's still not, yeah. like... Taj Mahal, where he stole the money from. Yeah. He's going to go there and spend it. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to... Donald get, Trump wins the, I'm again. I'm going to guess L.A., but do you recall from your research into the director if he... Is he from... I'm just going to... I'm, uh, I'm assuming he's not from Philly. No, no, no. He's not from Philly. I think I think he's from California. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, so I point think he's Cuban, this but he's is, from this California. Is, this is a film that I think, again, since they go and they keep like the real guy's name and everything like that. Like I, I have a friend that I told him, oh, this is the next film that we're covering. He's like, oh, I remember because you grew up in like the Philadelphia area. He's like, I remember when that film came out. Like a lot of us, like that was you know everyone in the area knew that it was coming out. Really? Yeah, because wow. it was like it was like really? an important. So honestly, probably like the I'm also only... surprised you have Philadelphia friends after your disdain yeah. for the city. And then, yeah, that's amazing though. And he's a Cowboys fan. Wow. You know, it's funny. This movie made me think of a, a, an early movie we covered for Keanu Club called The Prince of Pennsylvania, Ooh. which it wasn't in Philly. It was in this place. I think it was Mars, Pennsylvania. But it had the same feel where it was just this industrial wasteland where <laughs> you needed to escape. You know, yeah, like, like they the literally whole point had of the movie. The only person that saw him in real life. It was like three people saw him or something picking up the money. But this movie, it's a homeless kid going full Rambo, trying hunting down a rat. Yeah, was that a homeless kid? See, that's the other thing. Like there yeah, was a group then... of homeless kids from like uh, Beyond Thunderdome that <laughs> hung out in the uh, yeah like, junkyard. Th- there was yeah. this weird like you, like post-apocalypse section of Philadelphia that they yeah. belonged really? in, and yeah, yeah, because uh, Madsen goes there and he's he sees like the rat, and then he's you know like shot you know they were shot by an arrow, and he's all excited and. That was pretty funny. Yeah. His, his powers of deduction. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. It's, it's interesting. This film does the whole, like, it says uh, the days of the week. It says, you know, Saturday, day two, Sunday, day three. Oh, yeah, yeah. And every time that scene is a Michael Madsen scene. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I found, I found oh, that's pretty interesting. Okay, that's cool. So it's like, start, it's like mean... that day, what he's finding out. that. So the one day is you know, him going and kicking open the doors on the truck, showing that it was, like, the lock. Yeah, and it was crappy. It wasn't, point being, it wasn't an inside job. Exactly. Yeah. And then the second thing is the rat, and then the third thing is, like, going to the bar and questioning mm-hmm. people. Then the next thing is the car in the water, and then the thing after <laughs> yeah. that is finally, which in real life, I read, they just brought the car to Jersey. Love that. They just, like, left it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, like, we could go on yeah. and on about, like, the real life. No, but I love like, the, the cinematic is... equality, uh, uh, the cinematic, yeah, 
cinematically equal to driving a car and dropping it off in Jersey is to like tank it into a lake. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like a quarry. Yeah, it's like... yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you told me that. So this is from an article, right? Yeah, yeah. Mark Bowden, who wrote the art, uh, he's a great writer. It's Rolling Stone, or he's written for Rolling Stone, New Yorker. Oh, okay. Um, he wrote the article of Black Hawk Down, which became the book of Black Hawk Down, which became the movie, which is like his biggest foray into film. Yeah, okay. But he wrote the article that this was because based this, on. But then they made a movie, and then he wrote a book. Yeah, and then subsequently, like oh. decades later, he turned it into a In book. In like 2001. Movie, the, yeah. Oh, so there's like an actual like, now extended a... article made into a book. Yeah, and about this, this case. That's yeah. more realistic. Not yeah, and that's, yeah. and that's how we, I mean, that's and it came how... out like eight years after the movie. Huh. And that's how like all this movie versus reality, like I know, Kyle, you're knowing because you, you looked well, it up. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's, it's... So when did the actual crime take place? Sometime not, in the eighties. Yeah, not that long before this. Okay, because like that was eighty nine. Was that if that was mentioned in the movie, I missed it completely. Like you said, they have all the days of the week. And no, stuff, but they but don't. I have don't the feel years. like no, they, they never tell you it's like nineteen eighty eight. They're all driving like piece of shit cars anyway. But again, so. you're you're in a piece of shit neighborhood. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> time stands still. Yeah. But yeah, the movie came out in ninety three, and then like I said, yeah. the real Joey Coyle died in nineteen ninety six. That's freaky. Yeah, if they wrote though. And Mark Bowden wrote this full book about this case. Yeah. There must have been more material that they could have based this. But how much more? I don't know. I don't know. Does this need to get? I mean, I get where you guys are going with this. I mean, so I'm I'm not trying to be like, like I don't know. I enjoyed it because there's really fun performances. I feel like I'm kind of I'm gonna nitpick it, but I mean, it's not. I don't hate it. I just I get it. I get what you're saying that there's certain stories or characters in this film that you're like. I wanted a film or we could have done a film just about them or yeah, like yeah. what they would do in that scenario which is a really big this is definitely a film that falls into that category of what would you do so this guy is with his friend and he goes just cause he wants he's like oh that would make a good toolbox or something yeah yeah like yeah, it's like it's the yeah, yellow they're, cart they're like garbage picking yeah. yeah and so yeah they're just even on their way cause they couldn't they split a tuna sandwich that that's what Gandolfini gives to him when he couldn't hire his brother for the day he gives him his lunch and then Cusack yeah. even splits it with Rappaport and it's this tuna sandwich where he again makes the comment there's more celery in this than tuna they are trying to from the get go showing you the or making you understand that one character would take this money yeah and it's 1.2 million dollars so I mean I don't know. You said. I mean, you said in the beginning you're Rappaport, right? Or 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 if you or if you agree with Rappaport, but if you were gonna do a Cusack did, you would end up being right. No, like, yeah, I was joking. I jokingly I'm saying I would do exactly what Cusack did in this yeah. movie every step of the way. But no, no, I I don't think. I mean, I would want to turn it in, you know, but yeah. I would definitely want to spend some too, you know. Well, it's t- it's a tough call. I mean, it, I would end up turning it in, but what would I spend it on? There like, was a combo of actually, like, there was just evidence that he was eventually going to get caught, but he did plenty of things yeah. to get in his own way. Yeah, 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 so how did he end up spending it? Like we said, he goes, he gives it to the poor. Yeah, he gives, know, like, a like, hundred bucks to, like, five different, like, homeless guys and then he goes to the bar and buy like spends like 400 bucks and I that's like, the thing yeah. he has to be spending in hundreds yeah, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say I like well, how that's that woman... one of the main conflicts of the film like yeah. oh, I can't make change you well know? that <laughs> woman that's, <laughs> that and that's really fun but the but that the woman the bartender that's the whole thing uh, 
so again, his uh, Monica, his you know ex girlfriend, but then uh, what's yeah Debbie Mazur's character. Um, she kind I was a little surprised. She seems to have her wits to her or whatever, but she doesn't put like one and two together right away. No, like she... the, the female bartender says, like, oh, there's a guy, you know, like no, she totally put it right after he came to her at the bank. The next time she shows up at his apartment is like, yeah, at Show the me bank, the money at the bank. But like... the first thing is at the bar. Oh, and the bar was... and the female bartender says right then like oh there's a guy out there like and they're saying like yeah but look I for mean, hundreds I don't if, know if you think of like this is your idiot ex boyfriend you're not like associating him with the one who found this money sure and but still the very next the scene she's showing up going show me the money yeah, yeah. and then, and then they have like, sex oh, okay. on the money yeah the, <laughs> and then again that's the moment sex and that's the mo- moment I go oh yeah this movie's R that's the indecent proposal shot that's the Demi Moore when she's like showering the money on her bed on herself that's the, that's the one with Woody Harrelson right yeah and Robert yeah. Redford yeah. and everything oh. and they did just to uh, cross over a little bit with uh, Cage Club Honeymoon in no, Vegas which that. was one of my favorite <laughs> <laughs> Honeymoon in Vegas which is one of my, my favorite yeah, it's like the family I'm guessing on your oh nice yeah, it's like I'm the family friendly version of that movie where yeah. James Caan offers like a million or he loses her in a poker game I know I, James I, Caan like, has it is sleep. really like the friendly family friendly version of that <laughs> that's why I love it but he just does so many things wrong yeah everything like, wrong well it's like I mean he has he has some good intentions and then even his well, he does get like you know it comes up at dinner or whatever and yeah, we even see that you know his brother Billy at the dinner table is like, no, I would hand that in right away. Whoever this is, you know, whoever this is should hand it in right away. And then the mom even kind of gives her little like, no, like, like she gives a blessing to whoever is out there. Yeah. But she... later on in the film, then she's like upset and really. But the know. mom kind of mirrors what seems like most of these South Philadelphia people would do. That they see it on the news and they're rooting for this person to. Yeah, yeah, but, but when, then when becomes, she finds but out, but when it becomes too real, right? When you find out it's your own son, then it's yeah, like, oh, that's exactly, the money yeah. back. So <laughs> it's like this catch twenty two. It's like you you want to do it, but you can't. You know, deep down, it's like you really wouldn't. Uh, well, yeah. So he gives the money to the homeless people. He does like the smartest, biggest, the, biggest mistake the, is going to the mob. Though. But that is actually like the smartest thing he does, right? But like that, I, getting the idea to launder the money into yeah. smaller bills is yeah. actually like, how did he even come up with that idea? I feel like that's out of character almost. And a lot of the other things are sort of played off as like joke set pieces. A yeah. lot of it, you know, like um, hiding the money and this and that. Like more of it is just for comedic effect. I feel like his. But again, was, yeah, trial of errors between the toilet and then putting up in the attic. It's cruising with this tone though. Like, and this is what. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like that's pick one. Yeah, it 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 does, but at the same time, it's just showing him as a buffoon. Maybe just the way like the music that was playing underneath it or something. No, no, I'm saying it does, it does. But then you get these like super. I think it's a tough. It's a tough. It's a tough balance. You need a stronger director almost. I mean, I remember. I hate to keep doing this, but there is another Keanu movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love you to death with Kevin Kline. I love you to death. Yeah, and like Kevin Klein's wife is plotting to murder him, and it's directed and written by Lawrence Kasdan. Ooh. And you needed someone like Kasdan to they... pull it off because it's this dark comedy that I didn't particularly like the first go around. But uh. after talking about it with, with Joey and Lindsay, like 
they they really like brought me around and I saw the light. And we've had a few movies where I was like, wow, if we had like Lawrence Kasdan direct this, he could have pulled it off. Yeah. And this is like one of those movies where we need someone a little stronger, a little like wittier and a little more down to earth. A side side note, I hope that you brought up on that podcast the big chill because that's Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, a Kasdan uh yeah, like Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein combo. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, hey, well, I don't know. The guy did do good work with Stand, Stand and Deliver. Deliver. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, let's let, let's just think about directors out there. So obviously, you got Martin Scorsese. That when he makes, I mean, he made plenty of films. I, the most recent one, Silence, is about 16th century Japan. So obviously, <laughs> that movie the is man torture. has. <laughs> be, yeah. Be, be, besides, besides the religious like. Yeah. you know themes and everything like that that because he's a very catholic guilt kind of guy he has nothing in common with that but obviously his roots of mean streets and taxi driver or mm-hmm. you know to goodfellas like that realm of raging bull he has his relationship from his neighborhoods with that oh yeah so i'm just saying uh, mm-hmm. it would be like I, I can't name a philadelphia director off the top of my head but since I have that understanding from someone that grew up in that area that knew when that movie was coming out or whatever. I feel like you just need someone like with some real pride or knowledge of that area. I hear you. Maybe that would have helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Or it, It's tough to say. I mean... Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> is he from? Is no, he, no, I know, I know, I know. He's I know. from Philly. He's not from Philly, is he? No. I don't think so. He's from L.A., right? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Brooklyn or... Is he he's from, I think he's from New York, yeah. Wait, with that accent? No. <laughs> yeah, why well, I said L.A., I have no idea. <laughs> um, it, it's, it is weird, right? Um, it's almost like, I always think of this, too. We always nitpick these films. We're always, like, picking them apart. But you have to think, like, what did the studio want this movie to be? That's a good... Cause this feels, though, like the... This feels like the age of independent cinema. Okay, so, like, the especially these early 90s yeah. when Soderbergh was coming through and then Tarantino and these guys and and the Miramax realm of yes. movies right the Harvey and, Weinstein yeah and this is totally I sat down and watched this I was like okay this feels like a John Cusack like wannabe Tarantino type crime thing where yeah. like this nerd well scoffler finds a bag of money that fell off a truck what do you do the neighborhood with or against you and, and I feel like it tried to sort of squeeze its way into that atmosphere of these like early 90 indie crime dramas mm-hmm. you know and it just yeah. doesn't really stand up to that it's more of like a late 80s crime comedy caper kind of thing <laughs> it definitely straddles yeah it yeah it that. it straddles some genres and doesn't declare itself one thing that's why i feel like if it defined it took place in the 80s more because i was kept thinking like oh this sure. takes place this takes place the year it was made and that's why in my head i was like it doesn't feel or, like the 90s or it just doesn't feel contemporary you know what actually this is something i think hopefully you guys agree with me on this i i or whatever i don't care <laughs> but it maybe not declaring a genre but just needs to then be one of those movies that every situation can just get darker and darker mm-hmm. in the sense not like you know crazy at the end or whatever but it just has like a little bit too much of a roller coaster of you know like right before some of the bigger funnier moments are right before his family like almost like disown him and get very upset with him when he 
falls through the attic, but the two things before then is like, oh, the toilet's uh, flooding and falling, the, the, you know, the through the ceiling. So point, point, <laughs> so point, point being, like, I think it was because it do, it does get worse and worse for him. It just needs to like be this decline or whatever. Well, yeah, it's yeah. this whole thing. I mean, like I always speak from like a writer's perspective. I think it's Nora Ephron who says like, uh, when you write the first line of your screenplay, you're also writing the first line of your Academy Award speech, <laughs> and you're you're setting, you know, you're, so so my point is with tone and stuff especially like from a writing standpoint Mm -hmm. only the greats can pull off this like up and down thing that like Mm -hmm. meshes perfectly yeah but i think everyone thinks boogie nights boogie nights yeah that's a pretty good example and i think everyone at some point thinks they're great or or a lot of people when they're writing this kind of stuff so but when it comes to like fruition yeah you're like oh okay that's uneven and when you know your own limits, you should kind of stick in that like narrow box of like yeah. this is this, this is that. Unless you're like, it's hard to know if you're a master or not, I guess. But if you are one of these people who can juggle it, it's an amazing thing. Does his but if not, fail- you fall flat. Does on his, his face. failure of possibly writing then mirror Joey at making these decisions <laughs> and possibly <laughs> failing with his so decisions? So this is like an adaptation kind. Yeah, of thing. it's very oh, meta. So it's, it's very more meta. about the author <laughs> yeah. than. The subject. Exactly. Well, Brilliant. I do. I just. I feel like you could have. This could have worked either way. It could have worked as a straight comedy, or it could have worked as a straight crime drama. Well, okay. But it's not strong like, enough to be both. I just. Okay. Right, let's yes, just put it I just this feel way. like it fails to be both. Right? Let's just put it this way. Also, the fact that John Cusack is well, the I, lead. I don't know. I no, think no, no, Cusack no. could have. Could have. No, he, he can pull off dramatic, but also when you then you have those funny moments or those gags. Then you go because he is a, an actor that can pull. You know, there's plenty of actors that just play comedy or just play drama. So I'm just saying, like, since it's a movie that like juggles it, you then also can go back to his like some of his, you know, like uh, better, better off, off dead. dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I like say anything, right? With that character, really, sort of, he's like kind of a disturbed kid, right? Like mm-hmm. he, living with his sister, no parents, like bleak future finds this girl and falls in love and that kind of changes him around so like he's sort of straddling like a dark yet sensitive thing there so i feel like cusack isn't really the issue i think it's what his i don't like, think he's the told, issue like, but it's I sort think... of choices that that he's said like this accent and some other things like that but i yeah. feel like he is no, a good actor he's... that that could play dark and light within the same role and pull it off you know i mean heard that he's kind of a dark disturbed individual yeah, that's in reality too really? you know? yeah that's yeah what, I, I mean, mean that's you see it word like, around it, the it comes out when it's more personal projects like, yeah no i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying i'm definitely not saying he's the issue i'm just saying is since he's been in some memorable comedies and then also some memorable dramas yeah that when you've got this film that's kind of going back and forth then it just kind of reminds you of each of those yeah like gross point blank's a great example like that's this that's what this movie that's the tone this movie needed to strike. I, I agree with you that. You know, yeah. like, I feel like if it had that balance, yeah. it would have been, like, a really great movie. You like, know, as it is, I, it's not terrible. May, Again, it's not like a I bad movie. Maybe, it's just I, kind of, like, middle see, of the road, not not all that remarkable. To me. So one of the... So going back to, like, one of my earliest questions, I think it has to do with... I think they kind of damned themselves by having it being, like, 
like this is a true story and like yeah being like oh but we should keep as much of the real stuff that happened but then t- taking their little bit of yeah. like artistic liberties to make it more interesting like the car in the water and that kind unless, of stuff unless your life is super interesting like unless you're like Helen Keller right yeah. like you need to make shit up well, okay? yeah, but, you but, never but, want but, to but, like unless you're Johnny Cash or like a superstar no. who everyone knows a lot about your life like yeah. then you ha- you stick to it but with a situation like this you take the grain of yeah. the idea someone found a million dollars in the street yeah. and you run with it you don't you don't stick to but like at, oh because he hid it in a toilet we have to have that scene <laughs> yeah like, but look at, i mean just, but look, yeah but so look at the departed like you got you know scorsese who loves those uh the what chi- those are chinese films the uh what was it called? oh right like the infernal affairs yeah. movies, so he takes yeah. that but then he takes one of the more not that i i did not know of whitey bulger before then but right. then i started but then you have uh Black Mass come out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I'm just saying that you have your film that you take, you know, clearly once you like read about or learn about Whitey Bulger, you're like, oh yeah, Jack Nicholson is playing Whitey yeah, Bulger. You know what yeah. I think this is? And to your point, I think this is, like I said, you're watching the evening news, mm-hmm. for studio producers watching it. Yeah. Like, oh, we got to buy the rights to that. Yeah. So they buy the rights to it because that's the true story. Oh, this guy was good at stand and deliver. Let's give him the project. And it's like run with it kind of thing. Yeah, here's a bunch yeah. of here's a great casting director who found a great cast. This is you know that if not for nothing, watch this to see Benicio del Toro. Watch yeah. this to see James oh, Gandolfini. Pl- you know, definitely watch Hoffman. this film. Uh, like, can we all agree on that? I don't think I would. I would not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. No, it's That's fine. That's part of the fun no, of doing I, these live. Is yeah. Like, <laughs> I I <laughs> just saw the expression on my face. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would tell someone to watch this. It's a, it's a very mild recommend for me. I feel like there's better Cusack films and certainly better Hoffman. Films, there was obviously. enough. I I enjoyed enough in this movie that I would say like watch it for Benicio del Toro. It depends who I was talking to. Like like a hardcore film fan. Certainly a fan of our podcast. You, you have to watch it. love Benicio del Toro for me to say watch this just for Benicio del Toro. I mean he's great in it and stuff. But like I'm not gonna say go watch the Bond movie he was in because it's Benicio del Toro. I mean watch it because it's. Uh, what Bond it. movie is he? He in? was in um, um, the first um, Pierce Brosnan. No, no, no. no, no, no. Dalton. He's yeah. Oh, Dalton. Timothy Dalton. He was in a Timothy Dalton one. Really? Yeah. He oh. played one of the henchmen. He played one of like the guy had several henchmen, and Benicio del Toro was just like the last to die or something. Oh, okay. At like Del Toro Club, you can discuss that. Yeah, we'll do that in, in Benny Club. <laughs> <laughs> BTD. Oh, maybe look, Kyle. I know where you're coming from, though. Like I. So while I was watching, I did look up the Rotten Tomatoes thing. I'm like, 38%, oh, this is going to be terrible. And I think it was, like, to me, a little bit better than 38%. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that might be, I might be coming around a little. That's kind of harsh. I think the problem is nobody knows about this movie, that it's, like, this sort of secret Cusack film, this, like, secret movie that's like, with early Gandolfini and Hoffman and Del Toro. It's, like, so obscure. I yeah. feel like it's just really strange like i can't believe i never heard of this movie being a big film buff you know and i mean there's other movies when we do cage and keanu i mean cage i i maybe one movie like zondali i never heard of but keanu there's a bunch of movies he did that i never heard of uh but i kind of expected that because like he's done a shitload of movies keanu reeves yeah um but Cusack, I kind of thought I knew all of his work. You know, mm-hmm. he's not really that. Uh, he doesn't well, act. Well, hey, I mean, and, yeah. and but let's bring that to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Definitely, that, too. that is for us because right. uh, I, 
enjoyed, you know, I'm not going to go into the full history again, like we did in our first episode or whatever, but like from Twister and then seeing Boogie Nights later, but now that there's like no more rental stores, it's like unless you have Netflix and Amazon or want to try to scour the internet finding if it's on YouTube or just like a whatever website you can watch it on, there's a lot of these earlier films of his yeah. that are just harder to come across, this being one of them. Yeah. Well, again, for Philip Seymour Hoffman, his time in the earlier films is still the VHS time. So they're not going to re-release these things. If we were doing... Yeah. I'm sure like you don't have any problems finding... Uh, we didn't have any trouble finding any of the Cage or Keanu stuff. I mean, maybe the very early Keanu, when, when it's a thing like this, where it's like he's got a very small role, a walk-on role, or just like mm-hmm. he's an extra character or something like that, then those movies tend to be a little more difficult to find. Like, this movie wasn't done DVD or anything. You know, it's like totally out of print. Yeah. No, you have to I mean, rent it on Amazon or something like Which isn't the that. hardest thing No, but do, it's just, you know? that just goes more into like, you know, browsing-wise. Like, it's not like you're at Tower browsing DVDs and you see True. this because it was never on DVD you know it I, never made it out of VHS they're never going to feature this on like the Amazon front page you True, have to basically yeah. type it in and find it or type in oh, John, John Cusack, Cusack like yeah. all the films yeah um, and even then I doubt Hoffman's going to pop up until you get down like five or six times well on this like, I think he's still he's he's credited as like S. Hoffman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. S. Hoffman that too yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an even it's like, more of an anomaly it's like my IMDB I'm out there as Kyle Reinfried and K. August Ryan for <laughs> So many of your projects and yeah. your fans get so confused. I know. <laughs> my, fans and my fan base, I'm sorry. So, you know what's funny about this movie? Like, not much happens, though, like, in terms of what did it take place? How many days? Five days? Five, six days of the Five, six days. And there's these yeah. little, like, moments and scenes, but... Which is also, I read, like, pretty much it was, like, it happened on February yeah, 20, yeah, no, it, it's and very it was like quick. March six that he got caught in real life. Or okay, something. so like eight so, days. Yes, yeah, it's not. Yeah. It wasn't like a long thing. Yeah. But the ending though is kind of like fun, <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> yeah. word. I, I, it's not like <laughs> so they're in the airport. Like, yeah. Oh my god. And then that becomes a comical thing because he's wearing <laughs> stockings and shoving money well, down his is, stockings. Okay, yeah, he's dyes his hair mm. bleach blonde. Well, yeah. Let, let's take let's take everyone from like the beginning of this ending sequence, right? Okay. So, it kind of starts with uh, the girlfriend's back, right? Yeah. Yeah. She she just, she decides that she likes him for the last money. week. My boyfriend was yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, they're like dodging cops, and he stashed the second. Well, okay, so he goes to get the money that was converted, yeah. but they give it to him in change. In coins. Yes. Yes. Which wasn't the, funny. The mom. <laughs> which yeah. is supposed to be funny. Then he pulls a gun out on them. Then there's that whole gun stuff. Yeah. But 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 getting to the airport, he gave Debbie Mazer the other six hundred thousand dollars i was right? kind of confused about this whole just, just so, as he was i was like confused about this whole situation. Like, she ends up showing up yeah you know and so the two of them then are gonna skip town mm-hmm. which leads to the dying of his hair because they're all over the news yeah they're gonna go to the bahamas then or jamaica or something. airport and <laughs> the bag was too big but they're at they're buying tickets yeah and he goes they're like you need to check your bag he's like oh, i'm not checking this and then you okay? So like you, there's no stores to buy luggage until you get through security. 
right? Like, you can't Occasionally just... you'll see <laughs> some. I, I don't know the layout of 1993 Philadelphia <laughs> Airport. So I had an issue with that, but my big issue is when he's trying to mule the money in the, in the stockings. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was just... So yeah, so he buys his pair of stockings and... Just starts shoving it down and then squeezing his jeans back over. And yeah, he's like, luckily like, he has He's his... dressed like Ace Ventura, Yeah, luck- right? luckily like... he has his say... What, what? Luckily he has his uh, say anything trench coat with him. <laughs> what was <laughs> that? <laughs> like, that didn't belong in this movie at all. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> Like, well, that belonged earlier in the movie or something. But that's Again, one of these things we, that you were discussing. Yeah. Like uh, that was a fact that like he actually he didn't go through with it, but that's something that the actual guy tried in real life. Uh, okay. But again, he thought it wasn't a good idea, and then he didn't go through with it. But it was yeah. something like, oh, that's hilarious. Let's put that in. Like they get yeah. through security anyway, so just have him put it in two bags or tape it to his legs. I yeah. mean, it just felt like a, a comedic step too far at the time because I was really kind of getting into are they going to get out of this yeah, like, he yeah, kind, he's, he's getting kind of, this rush right, right? Like, yeah. Wah, wah. yeah cause they're, <laughs> so, yeah. they're sho- yeah. no, cause literally it's, pulls it's, his pants yeah down. cause yeah. it's shoved it's like, into his pants and he looks like Chris Christie in a baseball uniform <laughs> that's true. and then he walks out of it's there true. and he's like super skinny from the waist yeah. up and then on the waist down he's Stuff got from like these, yeah he's got like snow pants on yeah. it's, it was redonkulous <laughs> and then of course um they yeah. almost get away with it, right? Yeah, but the the cops are checking each. There's like five international flights or something. That's what's great too about like old old timey airports. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> old timey 1980s airports though. Like you can just like run around an airport back then, like I flashing your guns. And I thought, but uh, yeah, you could do that, right? But there wasn't like that much of a sense of urgency. They weren't like running around the airport. They didn't like get on like call all the gates and stop yeah, it. Right yeah. away, just, he's like, I'll check this one, you check yeah. that one. You know, like, right, yeah, yeah, right away, I saw the Brussels one. one, he's not there. Yeah. Like, that's, that's another sort of like, I feel like that's the director's lack of understanding. <laughs> like how good good to, for him, he doesn't understand crime, I guess. I, don't know. I, suppose, I suppose, because like a more astute director would have done like the loudspeaker thing. Yeah, exactly. Just stop things, you know. Yeah, right. Let's say you don't want an alarm thing, you know, just like right, right. But at check least everybody. Like, the lady at the ticket, like taking QSAT's ticket, like there was right. The guy like looked at it three or four. Well, times he gives the name Frankie Santos. Frankie yeah, Santos, so it's like a yes. total, totally believable. I mean, least blonde Frankie Santos. But you have Santos. to. I mean, simple as this. Just you can make a bullshit reason on the loudspeaker. But just stop all flights for like ten minutes. Yeah, and show this thing people. where everything's delayed, right? And yeah, the, yeah. The and that's an all. Whenever you see that in movies, it's cool, right? Like <laughs> yeah. the, the yeah. board and just a delayed, delayed, delayed. Delay. I know you'll appreciate this. Him with that bleach blonde hair, he looks like he'd be a good Constantine. Yes, he would. <laughs> yeah, which, which we just reviewed on Keanu Club. Should be out as we speak. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, that would have been because. Tor- so does he see that Madsen is like coming up behind? Because then all of a sudden he gives the bag to Monica. He's like, take it, take it. But he's still standing there, just like acting normal. No, he so makes I don't like think a break he... for it. What? He makes a break for it. No, but like doesn't he doesn't he... until he until Madsen says freeze. I don't think he saw him coming. Yeah. So all all I'm saying so. is it would have been better if like he says that to her because they see like it says delayed or whatever. Oh right, right. And then they're gonna. But then they have to prolong the movie, and it would go yeah. on from no. I know. I'm just joking <laughs> now. But you're right. I feel like they could have worked this airport thing to be like really good like a nice big climax here yeah uh, instead it just kind of whimpered out you know where she well she throws the money right she she's like the free money, money. like free she money. ends up well they're, they're cornered and she yes. tosses money and out she tosses crowd. money and I do I do really actually love this moment of her saying run Joey run Joey and he's just standing there he goes 
Where? <laughs> <laughs> it's just I. I honestly no. I that, really I love that. For some, so there was something silly, about it. Like, it's, no, it's it's silly and like that fits in that movie of like the these you know like not knowing with a gun and a guy receiving coins and shoving yeah, in money into pantyhose head, in over his in head, over his head right. like a comedy verse a Ben Stiller it, exactly. situational like you, you know go. gets worse and worse yeah yeah uh, meet the but parents. if they went we'll with that if they went yeah. with that that would have been better you know if they went yeah. with that the whole but time but there was actually something very like emotional and like so, okay well, can we just say that this movie then ends and it says he was acquitted? No. Yeah, yeah. Because of like mental well, issues or whatever. Because of insanity. Because of insanity. So like kind of yeah, but that uh, then that makes it's, me I like I don't mean to laugh at yeah. like mental illness. You're laughing at a dead but, man, like. But that was so. He's dead un- now. I understand he's dead, so he can't hear me laughing or anything. But that well, that's was an interesting topic. Most, Let's talk about postmortem. Who is the most unexpected? I hated how it ended because he's like getting caught and he's being interviewed and they're yeah. like, "Hey, would you do yeah, it again?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, do it yeah, again." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he like, he becomes no. like an, an anti-hero, but yeah. for me, like, I but never people, felt but that. People are chanting, "Free Joey, free Joey." Yeah, I've never, I never felt that during the movie that he was an anti-hero because nope. he was too dumb to be an yeah. anti-hero. Yeah, there was a little, like, no, but there famous. was there was a little bit like in the realm again. We see this like, you know, Philly pride and that he was like giving money to people like in the bar and we see the people in the bars so yeah, there was this yeah. robin hood element and again to it. also a different time like we had yeah. a blackout like 10 years ago right and like nobody looted anything in new york yeah but like at the time like when things went blackout like people would break into stores and steal stuff yeah and, like, it's just, yeah it's a different time it was more of like a but, man versus but i never got the sense that he wanted man. fame and fortune no and no like. he just wanted to disappear so it's strange when a camera shoved in his face that he kind of switches into like he's game fast show motion he knows yeah. what to say yeah. like, like not him at all right like he's auditioning for the tonight show or something he's like yeah i'm joey like i'm also like look what i did i'm on the air hey mom yeah. like, da, da, da. Then, i wonder if, cuts i wonder if he, he did that insanity. in real life insanity yeah which also this is this is the problem and so now you're now you're switching me a little bit i feel like we're all but, coming yeah. to the middle of yeah, something. Yeah, kind of the middle. You know, but like... uh, so again, the problem <laughs> of that this is a real guy, and you know it's based on a true story, and they're like keeping in his real name and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So they go with the word, you know, on the screen, middle of the screen ending of he ended up, you know, like acquitted and pled insanity. But then you like whether or not you care about her, but then you're just like, but what about Monica? Well, she wasn't a real character. She wasn't a real character. <laughs> so yeah, she, but, no yeah, but that, matter. But, but, she, but that's what I'm, yeah, but that's what, yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So then you give this real life answer for Joey, but you don't care. Like she's yeah. obviously at that point just as like they do not care that she didn't find that money. She is just as guilty as he is yes. at that point. Which even yeah. more so since she's the first one that threw that money out to the people and really tried to like you know, they didn't, like again, resist they arrest didn't know, in a way. They didn't know yeah. how to yeah. write her ending. Yeah. Because that didn't actually happen. It should have said <laughs> it's like, like so sad, he was acquitted. He was know, a, he amazing. was acquitted and they made it to the Bahamas. That's amazing. And then there should have been this really bad like picture of him in a Hawaiian shirt and her in like a bikini top yeah, in the Bahamas. Hair yeah. Well that's that again goes back to Joey. Did this need to be based on a true story? If <laughs> like they're reminding you at the end, remember this was based on a real guy. <laughs> Only she didn't exist, and this didn't happen, and this never happened. And then 
if they wanted to stick so close to true story, did did he need the girl? Did she need? I understand he she needed to be in the movie because of demographics and things like that. It's Hollywood, like, Michael. You exactly. Need the girl. Forget it, Mike. It's Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> just like Chinatown. But but this movie would have been better if it was just John Cusack, along you know, trying to find help along the way and having absolutely nobody to turn to. And then at the end, maybe you'd actually care that he's gonna go to jail or something because like he's this lonely, pathetic loser that can't get away. <laughs> and you have some empathy for the guy because no, he's got no one to turn to. His well, family. His can friends. I tell you something, Mike? Michael. Yeah. Can I? Shoot. As the as the end credit song says, that's life. <laughs> Why is that the end credit song? You and like not, that? Kind it's of like a soulful. Money for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it. That's life. Actually, it, it would have fit in the end. You're right. Yeah. He pleaded insanity and got away yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. He got his MTV. Yeah. <laughs> that that actually would have been funny. Um. Yeah. So I mean, this is kind of a. Oh, I not, just did a perfect wrap-up right there. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a mess, this film. It's just... it's. An, I, I find it enjoyable. I find it yeah, enjoyable. Just, if it was on TV, I'm doing nothing well. I haven't seen this John Cusack film, do, and if, I watch it, it's like, okay, but I don't know if I'm going out of my way to see this one. Also, yeah, well, there's well, that, did, there's you know. that, there's that, but knowing and reading about the true life stuff, if I didn't know that, yeah, this film would definitely have been like, more enjoyable. There wouldn't be. I wouldn't be doing the nit- nitpicking that. Uh, from that aspect, yes. But there'd be. I think there'd be a different kind of nitpicking then. Sure. Also, they kind of ruin that part because if they didn't, let's say it was a true story and they didn't say based on a true story, that's not the age of the internet like I discussed. They like never now say based on a true story. They actually. do at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, it was a pen touching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing you see. It says based on a true story. That's why I'm pulling up my IMDb so I can like coincide. Like, read <laughs> which is which again, and that just sets the tone right there. So it's like okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, not the, a different age. But in the age now, you see, based on a true story, everyone's taking their smartphone out and kind of looking it up. Yeah, and again, um, the the, one, the movie I mentioned, the Lawrence Kasdan movie, I Love You to Death, was also based on a true story. But if you go and look at the article that is based on, which is just like Pizza Man's wife tries to kill him and doesn't, <laughs> like that's basically the article. Well, then they really they go out into like wherever they want with that movie. Well, let me just even put it up this way, like like a movie like Remember the Titans. Okay. Based on a true story, like in that film, I, like my uncle grew up in that area, and he told me, you know, that was three high schools that came together. But obviously, they made the cinematic, you know, because it's a yeah racially and divided movie. Mm-hmm. So you've got you got your black school, you got your white school. So yeah. that was an artistic. I got another one for you where it just takes literally one nugget of the truth and invents all the story. Sure, cool runnings. The only thing true about that film. No, is everything is true about that movie. John no, Candy I'm trained I'll, I'll, I'll a team. Tell you, I'll tell you what's true about that movie. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather watch John oh, yeah, Candy. But like, all they did trained was... a Jamaican bobsled <laughs> exactly. team. Exactly. All they did was take Jamaican bobsled team. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And then made a whole story. Because that's a funny concept, though. Like it is. The guy finds a million dollars on the side of the street can be interpreted so many ways. Jamaican bobsled team can only be interpreted one they way. Could have, I don't know. They could have gone like the dark. Throw back to Joey Breaker. Sanka, <laughs> you are right, man. It would have been hilarious if they tried to go dark. No man, I'm dead. <laughs> um, so uh, Hoffman here, just to tie up his things. Okay. Yeah. His performance. Happy with it. I am. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, with the, with the one scene, his where character he was, doesn't learn much. 
Well, because oh. then in the end, when the, he comes, when there's that great sketch of John Cusack on the TV screen, because they figure out that it is him. Oh, because, oh God, oh, that because, sketch. Because, I because, about that. Uh, because Rappaport's character yeah. rats him rats out. Him they, out. Rats they, him out. Yeah, because of uh, <laughs> the car, because it was his dad's car and everything like that. And then oh, yeah, they're yeah, at yeah. the bar, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman sees him on the TV, and then he goes to the payphone. But then that other guy comes and like yanks it away, and they have their little scuffle because yeah. it goes from twenty thousand to fifty thousand. Oh yeah, so yeah. Then that the really increases. Him. So point being, yeah, his character of Cochran Ooh, I, never really, <laughs> never really learns. I I believed him though as the person he was playing. Like yeah. I said, when he needed that 10 bucks, yeah. I believe like that 10 bucks, like, he needed that it 10 It wasn't bucks. his fault that the character didn't learn. He just... Yeah, no, that, uh, but I also again, believe that To the he... credit, like I, I think I, like I was alluding to it before, but in the early in the film, there is some good world building in the beginning of these guys that are looking for work and then seeing how tough it is and splitting sandwich, brother giving <laughs> the sandwich, splitting the sandwich, so they're, and then going to the bar and saying, you owe me that 10, that 15, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. Like there is that good stuff. But I also I also like when he kind of protects Cusack at the end too, like you, when his loyalty comes out. I mean, I feel like it's more than just Cusack's giving him money to shut up. <laughs> I feel like yeah. this is a guy who knows what a hard break is and when and knows what it means to get a handout. And and I feel like he actually is protecting Cusack because he's part of the community at that point. Like it's mm-hmm. weird. Like I almost feel like he is in. The straight serious version of in this that, movie. After the, you're saying the scene after the detective comes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there so definitely like, is that character, there. But then he sees a little opportunity to get a little something extra. But his character feels like it belongs more in like the straight version, and Benicio del Toro's character is in like the yeah, comedy that's version. fair. That's you fair. know what I mean. Like they both he's not work funny in what in they're this. doing. Yeah, but I feel like they're. Uh, their characters should never, and I don't think their characters do meet, or, but it just feels like they're yeah. not from the same world. No, or at least the character fair. that Benicio del Toro like comes once he's like in front of his boss. Because when he's in the yeah, bar, yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is just a guy, and he's yeah, you know, and he's, he's, <laughs> he's got his fun lines about the ponies and bee ball and stuff so like that. Good. Maybe I might actually, I might recommend this for Benicio del Toro. I Thank mean, you. I know it's Hoffman, but like Benny the more clubs, I think about Benny it, because Club. when he shows up, he's in the rest of the movie basically. Yeah, he's in a lot. He's, he's fun. In a lot of this movie. He's no, he's really fun in this movie. Really, but they because then, because again, like I mean, I know it's not for some years, but like then, like I love. He's always quoted in like Usual Suspects, like. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's like unintelligible. Give me the keys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, so what's the verdict, guys? What would you do with a million dollars? Not necessarily one point a million dollars. <laughs> um, or that scenario, or let's say let's say you get away to the Bahamas. Okay. For some reason, you're acquitted because of insanity, but you keep the money. <laughs> well, it says they never recovered like a couple thousand, right? Yeah, like a hundred and something thousand. Um, what would I, so you're just, that's 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 the straight question. What would I do with a couple hundred? Yep. Or a million dollars? No. What okay. would you do with a million dollars? Let's say you get away with it. I would start a podcast empire. No, wait, <laughs> that was free. Hold on. Uh, that's what I'm kind of doing now. Travel. That's the know. problem. Is like in this day and age, <laughs> you guys are very, very a million dollars. People. Yeah. How like you can't really like. I guess you could go spend it in one big lump, but like I'd most likely just want to invest that million dollars nowadays and like let. But it I, I hate people say that. Oh, a million dollars now is not as much. I'll still take it. No, right? it's still a lot of money. It's still a lot yeah. of money. But I mean, this was this this story took place like thirty years ago, where it was like an, 
obscenely. Okay, so ten million. Well, for this guy, though, no. Let's just say like, you have to spend a million. These guys, you have to spend a million dollars in a fun way. So it's like Brewster's millions. Let's <laughs> say you have to spend. This. But, but the, these guys, right? Like I would Scrooge McDuckett turn it all even, to gold e- coins and dive into it. <laughs> even now, though, these guys would need a million dollars because they're fighting over ten dollars. You right. know, right. so yeah, for, right. for yeah. their world, it's amazing. Yes. Again, it's she makes three fifty a week. That's three dollars and fifty cents. No. <laughs> <laughs> I take your mom out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. Wait, I bet you better not. <laughs> I, I would. I not. would spend it slowly. <laughs> slowly. Treat myself every day until it was gone. I would go to Yankee Candle Co. every day. <laughs> I go to Rock and Roll Camp and jam with Mick Jagger. Ooh, that'd be fun. Something like that, like something <laughs> stupid like that. You and know, yourself? where it's like, oh, you know, wait, a million dollars? Hold on. I'd I'd rent Nick Cage for the day. Like said, it cost a million dollars to help him out with his tax. Like oh, that. really? It like, does. I would pay. I would pay great. Nick Cage to uh, to like hang out for lunch or something for a million. You would put him would, on the podcast. Like, interview, yeah, put him on the pod. Interview him for the show. What a great way to not end it because you don't want him to die and not make films. But what a great way <laughs> to just like the pinnacle of that podcast would be. Yeah, it would definitely have to. We'd have to like we'd be off into like a next phase after that. So yeah, something absolutely. Some other realm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so any any other things you guys want to add about what money would you for nothing? Do? What would I do? Yeah. 1.2 uh, million dollars. Hmm. Pay off my debts. Who Probably you, put put a down payment on what a debts? house. What debts? Let's do your money to dangerous no. people. Benicio let's let's do that as our next podcast, <laughs> like debt and money management. Yeah. I think we'd be good at would that. That'd be a good podcast <laughs> though. Like, what would you do with a million dollars? Yeah, that'd be cool. And like a different guest, a, different a new time. person on every week. Yeah. No, you have the same person on every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, but so anything else you want to add to uh, Money for Nothing? No. <laughs> yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Here. There's not much to cover. No, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I – I'm definitely glad I saw it. It was this uh, – you know, it was like the lost Cusack film. I feel like I've seen just about everything now, even War, Inc. and Hot Tub Time Machine. Like, I've seen them all. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's – the issue i think this movie just has a lot of like kind of small problems that build up in the end but it's again i don't think it's horrible it's not a terrible movie it's just not great it's okay it's okay i i watch it for all the like the mystery performances though like benicio del toro yeah yeah a lot of a lot of fun ancillary characters yeah exactly like if it didn't have all that extra stuff Go, I think that's what it's really got going for it is like all all those sort of like hidden performances and stuff. Yeah, that's fair. That's Sex definitely. on top of money. <laughs> well, thanks, Mike, so much for coming on. Definitely gonna have you on again. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Coming here and uh, talking yeah, with you. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. You're always welcome anytime. Except if you're gonna, I mean, only if you're gonna record one with me on it. I don't want you re- like, coming here with other guests <laughs> oh, and just man. like recording while I'm. Like, in the could, now could I'm leave? gonna get. Now I'm gonna get Nick Cage to come on here <laughs> well, as a guest. And then you're banned. For him, and you are not allowed. Well, we have Nick right. Cage on PSI Love Hoffman this week. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I wish they worked together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah. There's no synergy yeah. there. We don't have synergy with Keanu either, right? We, just, we still have hope for no. Keanu and Cage, though. I want them. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's, we that's, we yeah. decided, we, I think, the, the thing we want to see them most in is some sort of, like, um, daddy's back comedy thing where like <laughs> someone's married to Keanu and then Cage cu- gets out of prison and like shows up and trying great. to win back awesome. his ex-wife well again thanks so much yeah uh, thanks for tuning thanks. in everybody remember check us out on Facebook P.S. I love Hoffman go on to cageclub.me check out all the great podcasts on there 
some somewhere Michael's featured prominently as he is That's right. one of the dojo masters at Cage Club. I am. And you can obviously, again, always contact us on uh, Facebook and email us. And we just want to hear from you. Hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you subscribe, very much. Follow, yes. Do all those subscribe things. Subscribe on the Help iTunes. Us. Make comments. Tell just, us about Just this. make us feel like we're not just doing this for ourselves. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Sexy things, sexy things. I believe in miracles.